All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Um, no guests today. It's just me. So uh, I'm sure half of you will tune out by now, right? <laughs> when you say I don't have a guest, but no, uh, just kidding. Thank you, thank you, folks, for supporting the last couple episodes, especially. I think uh, a lot of new listeners came in from that, which was really, really nice. Um, BD Williams, Josh Dubow. Um, I thought both of those were really good episodes, um, and uh, seems a lot of you guys did too. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, today I wanted to get into, um, just a lot of stuff. Um, I tweeted the other day, I said, Hey, um, no guests this week. Let me know if you guys got any questions. Cause we don't have a lot of access to a lot of this, this camp stuff right now. Um, the mailbags on the athletic have been really good from Sean Reed and stuff like that. And, uh, Vic Tafer, Levi Damien, USA today, the people covering camp have been doing a really good job, but, um, you know, I, I figured if anybody had questions, I, I'd do the best to answer them. I could. I'm not. I'm not obviously not there. You see, I'm. This is not Las Vegas where I am. So, um, nonetheless, uh, the Raiders signed two two guys. Uh, they signed. They had a tryouts, and I, I believe they brought in a few more than just these two people. But Kyle Emanuel and Theo Riddick are the ones that stood out to me. Um, Kyle, uh, Kyle Emanuel. I had to look him up. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I knew who he was. I remember him with the Chargers, but I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, has not played. He didn't play in 2019. Um, so he's coming out of retirement, which, again, is something John Gruden just loves is people coming out of retirement to come back to play for the Raiders. Isn't I don't know. Not, not so much retirement, but just guys that haven't been great for a while. Like Gruden always loves like a, like a redemption song type thing uh, with, with them, which, hey, that, that's fine. Um, it's definitely good to have more competition because the spots behind Littleton, Kwiatkowski, um, and, and Morrow, because Morrow has been having a good camp from uh, what I've been seeing from Tashawn Reed, Vic Tafer. Morrow seems to be a lot more comfortable um, in, this, in this defense, and it seems like he's been doing well. But behind that, you know, you have Javen White, you have Tanner Muse, who's still learning the position, and not a whole lot else. And I, I know the Raiders were rumored to be going after Michael Kendricks, uh, the insider trading guy, but guy's fast as hell. And I would have liked him. Honestly, I think, I think he would have added good depth, good competition, even if they don't keep him. But, um, I will say, I think, I think, sorry, let me adjust this real fast. Uh, I do think that, that Kyle Emanuel has an outside shot at making the team, but nonetheless, I think, I think they're just a little skeptical of the depth behind Littleton and Kwiatkowski with an undrafted guy out of UNLV and Javen White. And then uh, a guy who's really learning a new position and, and is learning how to contribute beyond special teams in Tanner Muse. So I, I do think Emmanuel's there as kind of insurance in case those guys really just don't get it by the time the season starts. Um, Theo Riddick is another one that, that they brought in. Uh, big Notre Dame fan over here. Loved Theo Riddick at Notre Dame. Um, had an okay career with the, with the Lions. Um, Definitely contributed. Good, good third down back. I did find it a bit peculiar that that seems to be the guys that Gruden keeps bringing in is like these third down scat back guys. Uh, Riddick is kind of is very similar to Jalen Richard, where he's great in pass protection, great at catching the ball. Not a guy you're handing the ball off to if Jacobs is um, is out. You know, God forbid. Like I said, I don't expect Jacobs to play 16 games this year. Um, most starting running backs don't just the nature of the position. You got to have a stable of backs and uh, the Raiders certainly have the quantity. I just don't know about the quality behind that. So the theoretic thing kind of surprises me a bit because you're basically saying we need a Jalen Richard clone. And along with drafting Lynn Bowden, 
who I don't believe is here to be a running back. I, I've well documented in saying that. I don't believe he's here to be a traditional running back. I think he has a special set of the uh, section of the playbook dedicated to him. I think he's definitely a guy who's on his own in his position group. There's nobody else behind him, right? Lynn Bowden goes down. There's nobody else that's going to do what Lynn Bowden does, in my opinion. So Theo Riddick thing was a bit shocking to me. Not, not a huge deal. I don't even expect him to make this team. Um, what I could also see happening is that with COVID and, and you see today, there were a lot of false positive tests. Um, like Cleveland Browns had like 12 false positives. So those weren't guys with COVID, but nonetheless, if you're expecting kind of an outbreak and any smart team is going to plan at least to have an outbreak, it's good to have like a, like a Rolodex of people you could call um, to come replace guys. Should they have a positive test? Right? So maybe they're, they're bringing in guys to see if they have, if they pick up the system, pick up the scheme, you know what I mean? And uh, it appears that Emmanuel and and, uh, and Riddick are doing that. So if that's what they want to do and they want to have those guys on speed dial in case Jalen Richard, you know, God forbid something happens to him or uh, Tanner Muse, Javen White, Morrow, Kwiatkowski, Littleton, something happens to them. Maybe they just want to have somebody on speed dial ready to go. So I could also see that happening. So it's tough to speculate on things like this. We just haven't had an offseason um, like this. You know, you, it's really tough to say why they're bringing in certain people or, or all that because there, there's no precedent for it. Um, so that, that, that's that kind of boring stuff, in my opinion. Um, I, I saw a lot of arguments on Twitter about those guys. And it's like, come on, I know we're starting for football, but these are just like camp bodies that they're bringing in. They're not, if they make the team, they make the team. But I, I, that's, I don't believe that they were brought in at this point because we got to have somebody make this team by week one at this position. I, I don't think that's the case. I do think that they want to bring just further competition, maybe even mentor type stuff, you know, um, maybe Theo Riddick's going to help uh, Lynn Bowden pick up blitzes. You know what I mean? I know he's not here to be a pass protecting running back, but maybe he's just here. It's like, Hey man, you're not working right now. I'll give you a couple of weeks of pay to teach Lynn Bowden the, the most you can about picking up a blitz. You know what I mean? Cause he is struggling in that. Um, so also one thing I'm seeing is, the the training camp videos going around are really funny to me i we see these like seven second clips right of of i don't know henry ruggs is in a lot of them with damon arnett right the interception that he went up and uh got over henry ruggs per se we have no context for any of this but we're all we, we all turn into stephen a smith right how dare oh oh my god henry Ruggs! did we draft the wrong guy oh man and then it's like even with the Arnett side of it, it's like, well, Ruggs wasn't trying. So then is Arnett, did he really get the pick there? It's one rep. Okay. It's one rep. You don't know what the drill is. Some people do, but some people might've, you know, everybody turns into a coach. Everyone turns into some, you know, JV football coach when they see this kind of thing, like, actually that's this drill or, or actually, no, they were going full all out. This is like a scrimmage. You know, I saw Eric Crocker saying that, which I, maybe he's right. Who am I to say? But I think we're just overreacting because we don't have preseason games to overreact to, right? As fans, I think we're hardwired to overreact to things before the season starts because we're craving football. I'm guilty of this too. I'm not even trying to speak from like an ivory tower situation or like a superiority type thing. I am guilty of this too, but I'm just almost like, damn, like, do we need these? Do we need these training camp, this training camp footage? Is it like more destructive than it is constructive? Like, I mean, it's cool to get the mic'd up stuff. Like, that's always fun. But, like, these actual, like, practice reps, like, 
you know, nobody's even talking about like maybe some intel's getting leaked out here that the social media teams aren't picking up on. Because I saw Stefan Gilmore say, um, you know, Stefan Gilmore, great corner for the Patriots. He was looking at uh, Josh Allen throwing, I, I want to say it was to John Brown or something. And he's like, oh, cool. Learned something new here. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I, I remember a, a while back, I want to say it was one of the hard knocks teams. I, I don't know if it was Miami or Houston, whoever was, was the hard knocks around that time. I remember there were people like weeks one and two saying like, yeah, I learned their snap count and like their quarterbacks cadences through hard knocks. So I'm wondering if some of this stuff is too much access, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though we love it, I love seeing this stuff. I watch it every time I consume the content. I'm, maybe I'm being a hypocrite by saying it shouldn't exist. Problem is, is like, one, it's an annoying day on Twitter when people are like, you look at all these takes and they're all kind of like reactionary rather than just taking it in as like, hey, this rep, this person won, right? And uh, here's one right here. This is a, this is a good one. And I, I, whatever it is, I think this is a good, this is a good video, right? Like, I, I think this is fine, right? This is a rep. This is, shout out to, uh, shout out to Copper. I, I like, uh, I has Copper. Uh, he's a good dude. Um, definitely, definitely a good follow. I'm sure a lot of you guys follow him already. But um, this is Cleveland Furl with a nasty spin move on Colton Miller, right? L from what I've heard from the beat writers is that that was going to be a sack, right? You can't really see it here, but like Carr, I guess Carr hadn't got rid of the ball yet, right? This is just kind of like a, a scrimmage drill and stuff. But there's a lot of people saying like, well, one, one thing I'm, let, let me start here. One thing I'm seeing is Cleveland Furl is, looks a lot bigger. And it doesn't look like he lost a lot of speed. He still plays kind of high, right? I, I still want to see more Ben, but I'm not sure we'll ever, we ever will. I mean, that's just is what it is. But he looks a lot more explosive. He looks bigger. I saw some people saying that the speed would maybe dwindle a little bit if, if he got a little bit bigger. That doesn't look like that's the case here, right? So that's what I'm taking from this. What a lot of other people are taking, and it depends on the thing. There's some people who are completely like Cleland Furl believers that are like, look, he's turned the corner, right? He, he's got it. Uh, he added a spin move to his arsenal. We didn't really see that a lot last year. Um, and maybe he's... Maybe he's, he's finally figuring it out. And I, finally is not a good way to say it. He's only he's the second year in the NFL. But also, that's one rep. You know what I mean? You cannot, you cannot make this claim off of one rep of practice film, right? Now, the other side, people are saying is, damn, Colton Miller's a beast. You know what I mean? Colton Miller's, this is the year, Colton Miller. Pro Bowl left tackle. And yeah, I... I I do see a scenario where that's the case, right? I do see a scenario where Colton Miller could end up being good. You know what I mean? Like, like he was drafted to be good. I mean, we didn't like, a lot of us didn't like the pick at the time. I'm still a Derwin James guy. I will beat that drum. I understand left tackle is a position of need. So is safety. Obi Melifonwu is not a stalwart at safety. I'm sorry. Like, that's just not the case. So, yeah, maybe Colton Miller is using is as having a great camp. Now I am going to pull it up for you guys in a second, but, um, the, uh, yeah, here we go. So I have one, it's from Levi Damien, uh, uh, his, his piece in Raiders wire. And I thought this was a good kind of some context to this clip because it's, it's, it's insane to me that you even need context for these training camp clips. We can't just enjoy them as fans. Right. So 
let's uh let me pull this up real fast okay here we go shout out john m another good follow on twitter um he he basically screen capped this from uh levi's article um levi damien also another great follow if you guys don't follow him he's a good beat writer he's been doing silver and black pride for a long time that used to be my go-to site um i like levi so what he's saying is up to this point i had yet to see colton miller get beaten by cleland farrell or anyone for that matter so nobody on the defense has beaten him not nasib not you know any any of them that changed today Farrell got the better of miller on what would have been a hard sack on Derek carr Farrell is getting pressure around the edge. Farrell getting pressure around the edge is the area of his game that has been somewhat lacking. Yeah, no kidding. So it is. So it should be a welcome sight. And don't worry, he's still getting pressure up the middle on separate plays from the inside. He abused Jordan, or on separate plays from the inside, he abused Jordan Ruse and Kamal Seymour. None of those guys are starters, not even guaranteed to make the team. But nonetheless, he's getting good positive reps from the inside. So what should we take from this, right? What should we actually take from this? Again, for me, I just say, like, look, it's just, it's nice to have access. That was a fun clip. You see that Furl's developing a spin move. He's a technician anyways. My questions about him were always speed and bend. Um, so I do just, we have to wait till week one when he's against Carolina, right? You have to see him at least apply this in a regular season game. But even the people saying that this is a really good for, for Miller, when you see that article, um, Colton Miller I would say it's good. I mean, it's obviously good that he's locking up some of these defensive events. Nassib, I, I don't know who he's going against, right? But I, I, I'm assuming Nassib is the one backing up Furl right now at the point, uh, at this point. But if he's getting good reps against those guys, that's good. Now, that being said, I consider defensive end to be kind of a weakness on this team. And I will, and maybe Arden Key's in here too, getting getting worked by Miller. That's fine. But... I'm going to talk about Arden Key later. Now, what I think about Cleland Furl and Colton Miller with the situation is, is like both of those guys were kind of like head scratcher picks for me. And them battling each other and whoever wins, I'm not sure what to take from that. And we won't know, right? So there's no reason to turn into like, you know, Stephen A. Smith, um, Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, just super hot takes. Like I know, look, I'm, I love a good hot take. But most of the time, I'm like not trolling, but I'll, I'll be 70% my take and 30% just kind of like trying to piss somebody off or be funny. You know what I mean? But some of these people I see, like they're actually trying to like fire off like NFL network level takes on this type of stuff where, you know, even on the Henry Ruggs thing. And I'm, I'm going to pull up the Henry Ruggs clip too. Like the, the Henry Ruggs uh, take against Isaiah Johnson. Like to me, that was just a good. It was it was a it's just a good battle in training camp. Like it's something you want to see. Like, I don't think this footage is leaked for us to just say, wow, like let's, let's, you know, there's certain people I think that are qualified to give their take on this. And, and look, anybody can say whatever they want, but I'm not going to take their words for anything more than just them being bored and wanting to have a hot take, but look at, see, we'll, we'll break this play down. Right. And I realize I'm being a hypocrite by doing this, but um, the uh, Isaiah Johnson, right? Didn't get a lot of playing time last year. Big physical corner, supreme athlete. I thought he was a good pick betting on athleticism, right? So Ruggs beats him right there, right? He beats him. Now I thought, now I was talking to Marcus Johnson about this um, because I wanted a little context on it. But when you see, uh, when you see Ruggs at first, 
he beats Isaiah Johnson, right? You see him and beat him, but then he gets kind of out wide and then has to correct and come back in, right? So I think he got a little – I think he beats Isaiah Johnson, right, on the fly. A lot of people are saying that's an underthrown ball from Derek Carr. I also think Henry Ruggs is struggling a bit with the contested catch and maybe being efficient with his speed, you know, which is fine. He's a rookie, right? Like, you don't figure that out right away. He was the 12th overall pick in perhaps one of the more loaded wide receiver drafts, so there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. I'm already seeing a lot of fan bases kind of shitting on him. That's going to happen, right? Especially with the Raiders draft history. But when you look at plays like this, like one, can we give Isaiah Johnson a little bit of credit, right? Like disrupt in the past, good ball skills right there. Ball kind of fell into his lap, but still I've seen guys drop those, you know, he's big physical. Um, Ruggs had torched him on, on a couple other films or a couple other film clips I had seen. So maybe he's just battling with them. Now, one thing I'll say about the throw is, yes, that's Derek Carr. So that's already a, a magnet to a lot of people that don't like Derek Carr, myself somewhat included. You know, I've uh, kind of found myself defending Derek Carr a little bit more. You know, like I, I've kind of I've found myself defending not him as a player, but kind of just like, okay, he's not that bad to where people want like Mariota, who by all – means and by all accounts of reporting is having a terrible training camp right there's been a couple plays where Gruden talked him up in the media and was like hey he's a playmaker oh it's so good and people were like wow he doesn't talk doesn't say car's a playmaker it's like I, all right I mean I, maybe maybe if all you are is a playmaker at quarterback but you can't like make simple reads make simple throws Vic Vic Tafer saying he had he's throwing lawn darts at camp so with this play, right, like with this play, maybe, maybe Carr did underthrow a deep ball. Wouldn't be the first time. I've seen him underthrow a deep ball. I'll be the first guy la- uh, not laughing, but uh, definitely critiquing him and that kind of thing. But also, you don't know what coaches are telling him. If coaches are saying, hey, we need to get Ruggs up on these contested catches, right? Like that's not Ruggs' game. We're going to want separation from Ruggs and catch and run, and we want him to just beat Isaiah Johnson by two or three steps right and have that ball just dropped into the bucket to him so but you don't know if coaches are saying like hey make this one you know tough to get you know what i'm saying make make this one something where rug is gonna have to high point the ball over maybe our biggest corner you know what i mean tallest corner and and make rugs work for it so you don't know the context of this so i i'm just saying like if you're trolling you want to make your car joke that's totally fine but if you think you're saying something like truly groundbreaking i don't know i don't know so just wanted to give that, get that out of the way. It's been not bothering me all week. Bothering is not quite the word I would, I would use for it, but it's kind of like, uh, come on guys, we just need football. You know what I mean? I'm for no preseason games, but now I'm wishing we did have them so people could overreact to actual preseason film and not just camp uh, snippets. So the next thing I wanted to get to, and somebody asked me this question in the mailbag. I want to say it was uh nailer. Um, shout out nailer, but he, uh, he asked me a question, but it was actually something I was going to, to bring up. And what I wanted to say about this player, and I wouldn't call myself a stan of this player. I wouldn't call myself even a huge fan. But the takes I see on this player are kind of crazy. And I'm talking about Arden Key. Arden Key is somebody who I, I still think as far as speed on this team on the edge there, we don't have anybody 
as gifted of a speed rusher. Just pure speed, third down, furls kicked inside. Crosby's on the other side. You want to have speed coming off the edge. We don't have a guy like that. Now, hey, maybe the Yannick trade happens. Maybe they find a way to get Clowney in here. Then then we'll talk, right? But I don't see why people want to just get rid of Arden Key. Now, maybe, because I remember this from 2018, when the kind of uncertainty of whether Mac was going to report to camp or whether Mac was going to get an, ex- an extension, um, Khalil Mack, I, I think a lot of people saw those like Arden Key. I remember there was like a, a, a story, and I don't remember, I don't think it was in a, like a super big publication or anything, but I, I, I want to say people were, were saying like Arden Key looks incredible in camp and the Raiders feel like they don't need Khalil Mack. I do remember that story going out there. Now, obviously we know that's bullshit. You know what I mean? We know that's bullshit. Maybe the Raiders believed just the smallest part of that and made and made the trade, and maybe they felt like, hey, we're going to start over, but we do have this young third-round prospect, guy who got in a little trouble in college, left the team and stuff, but ha- is gifted, right? And he is gifted. So why do people want to get rid of Arden Key? Now, the main thing I see about Arden Key is not that he can't rush the passer. It's that he can't finish. It's fair. It's frustrating, right? You see a guy rush the passer. You see him get past the tackle. And then he kind of like waves his arms at the quarterback, misses it. We all saw the play with Deshaun Watson, right? Um, Last year, Arden Key rushes, kicks. Somebody kicks him, Deshaun Watson, in the eye. It was just an incredible Michael Jordan-esque play by Deshaun Watson. As much as, as frustrating as it was, as much of a dagger as it was, heartbreaking as it was, that's what happened. So a lot of people are frustrated with Arden Key to the point where they don't, they don't even want him on this team anymore, and that's, that's really weird to me. But again, it's because he doesn't finish sacks. My case for Arden Key is that it doesn't fucking matter if he finishes sacks, right? I don't think it matters. For a lot of people, a lot, you know, look at the Al Davis quote, the quarterback must go down, he must go down early, he must go down hard, right? Like that's, of course, you want to have sex on your team. What creates sex though? There have been studies these last couple of years, and I'm going to get into one here. And uh, I'm going to, look, I make fun of PFF, but they had a really, really good study on pass rush versus coverage and which one aids the other, right? Like there's, for the longest time, people have seen like New York Giants, right? 2007, look at that defensive line. It didn't matter who their, um, who their secondary was. They still had Antro role, you know what I mean? Guys like that. But nonetheless, people were like, look, you get four dominant defensive linemen doesn't matter who's in the secondary. The quarterback's not going to have a clean pocket to throw. Your bad secondary is going to become at least average, right? That's more and more that's becoming not the case, right? Especially in the Raiders sense. If you're playing against the Raiders, I would argue that your secondary is way more important than your pass rush, right? Because like, like Derek Carr gets rid of the ball fast, you know? Like he gets rid of the ball fast. It's why Colton Miller, in my opinion, had to jump from last year. Like, we haven't had a chance to really see him actually hold up in pass protection because this offense is designed for Derek Carr to get it to people in space early, right? So, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I found this article on, on, on PFF, and it's, it's, I listen to PFF here and there. I roll my eyes sometimes, but sometimes I find something I like from them, right? Um, they can be condescending. They can kind of, you know, act like some know-it-all type thing. But, you know, their, their stuff isn't a Bible. You know what I mean? But their data is really good. And I think stuff like this is really good. So 
Um, what I, what we found, and I'll just go down to the conclusion of the article because there's a lot of stuff in here, a lot of data that we don't really need because I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm trying to make a case for Arden Key. So what this says, and I'll, and I'll pull it up for you guys is PFF coverage grades, both explain and predict defensive strategy, uh, defensive success better than pass rush. Right? So what they want to say is that your pass rush, it can't be really your pass rush doesn't help your coverage as much because the quarterback can just decide, Hey, they have a good pass rush. I'm going to get rid of the ball early. Right. When you have, and maybe you don't allow some downfield routes to develop and stuff. So maybe your pass rush does help. Now what happens is if your coverage is tighter, you're going to see, you're going to see the, obviously the ball can't come out as fast, right? The coverage is not as strong. And that allows your pass rush to get home. So the point I'm getting at here, and, and let's like, like right here, it says next year's Aaron Donald is likely to be Aaron Donald. But if a team is going to have a ton of success as a result of strong play by their defense, they will likely need to have next year's Stefan Gilmore on their team, who is probably, who is probably not going to be Stefan Gilmore himself, right? So during the PFF era, Teams with elite coverage, 67th percentile or better, and poor pass rush, 33rd percentile or worse, win on average. About a game and a half more than teams with the reverse construction. So, you know, you could say that, you know, and they're saying there's nuance to this, but I let's just take that at face value, right? I don't want to get too much into like a PFF thing, right? So you'd rather be average at pass rush and elite in coverage than elite pass rush and just eh, in coverage, right? Like, I think that's true. So you even look at teams, right? Look at the Niners. The Niners had all those first round picks on, you know, uh, Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, right? So Solomon Thomas, the list goes on. You would think that's going to be the forefront of their team, but Richard Sherman has an incredible uh, coverage grade, right? And in, in all accounts, there's not one publication that says Richard Sherman actually isn't that good, right? He's been great since he's been with the Niners. You let's compare Richard Sherman to Daryl Worley, right? Daryl Worley was, uh, you know, Trayvon Mullen emerged at the end of the year, but Daryl Worley was for better or for worse. He was the number one corner for the Raiders last year. He averaged, I believe it was 1.04 yards of separation um, from the receiver from him, right? That's one full yard. That doesn't seem like a lot, but in the NFL, that's open. That's wide open. Richard Sherman was about like, 0.8. And I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was like 0.8, 0.84. Huge difference, right? Daryl Worley was 32nd in the league in that. Richard Sherman was like 14th. So PFF's theory is that Richard Sherman, his coverage allows, uh, allows Nick Bosa, guys like that, to get home, right? To get home. And that's just when they're rushing. They're not blitzing or anything. That just allows your pass rush to get home. Now, when you look at a team like Baltimore, Baltimore blitzes like more than any team in the league. They blitz all the time. They blitz because they have a great second there. Marcus Peters, right? Especially after the trade, Marlon Humphrey, Chuck Clark, Earl Thomas at the point at the time, uh, Earl Thomas, <laughs> Earl Thomas, uh, going through it right now. And, uh, would love for him to be a Raider. It looks like he's going to Dallas, but nonetheless, that was a good secondary, really good. It allows you to blitz. The Raiders never blitz, right? Because you know, that that quarterback can just get rid of the ball fast. They're going to have separation on Daryl Worley to hear Whitehead, um, whoever's in coverage, Nicholas Morrow, 
Um, even Trayvon Mullen at times he had, he did struggle with stuff like that. Like you, you gotta, you gotta cover, right? So my big thing, I'm going to tie, tie this all back into Arden key. So with Arden key, I expect, I expect Arden keys pressures, even if he never ever becomes a finisher, right? Like a sack artist, right? The way Max Crosby is, you know what I mean? Max Crosby, when he gets there, he usually gets the quarterback down. It's one thing we all love about him. But when you're talking about sustainability of a pass rush, like rather than just a couple isolated plays, you know, like you want to have just the consistent pressure when you have consistent pressure. And I think that the Raiders coverage is going to tighten up. I don't think that all wide receivers are going to have one yard of separation on all of the corners this year. I just, I think with Arnett having a nice camp, Mullen taking that next step, Randall and Abram back there, um, linebackers that can cover, um, that's going to help LaMarcus Joyner. I think with the coverage coming up, you're going to see people like Max Crosby, and I, and actually Marcus Johnson pointed out in this podcast, even Max Crosby, as good of a, a year he had last year, a lot of his sacks came after two and a half seconds, right? The quarterback holding the ball for two and a half seconds. So we still need the quarterback to hold the ball. This coverage unit is going to have to fuel the pass rush this year. And I think Arden Key, if he's able to get free, even if he doesn't get the quarterback, right? So say Arden Key last year, he misses the sack, right? Somebody's probably wide open right after he misses the sack. Now, what if Arden Key disrupts the play, doesn't get the sack, and the coverage is tighter? You see what I'm saying? Maybe an interception. Maybe a pass broken up. Maybe he doesn't get a clean throw off, right? Maybe he doesn't even decide to make the throw altogether, and somebody else cleans up the play. That's my prediction for this year. So don't be, don't get rid of the guy who can rush the passer. I would love for the Raiders to be in the positions to get rid of a guy like Arden Key. I would love for them to have a stable full of pass rushers, but they don't off the edge. They just don't. Interior, I, th- I think there's going to be a step forward taken, and that's going to help too. Just completely different topic. But if the coverage is tighter, you just want guys who get pressure. Pressure is what creates turnovers, not so much sacks, right? Look, we want guys to finish. Nothing better to watch than your defense getting sacks on the quarterback. But I will say, Arden Key, and, and Vic Tafer's been record, uh, reporting it, Sean Reed's been uh, reporting it, Arden Key looks different this year. So maybe he ends up finishing a lot of these plays, and, and this kind of becomes not even that big of a deal. But if he, even if he plays the same and just stays healthy, I think the impact of better coverage is going to help out this team. So that was, that was just something I had on my mind um, all week. And it's actually kind of been all offseason because I've just seen a lot of people just frustrated with Arden Key, which I get it. If, if wide receivers are running wide open, you have to make the sack. I think a lot of people are just used to the sack being the only way we stop the team, right? Like, no, there's a way where your coverage is good and, and your pressure is good. And that's called having a good defense, right? So... Yeah, that was just something I wanted to get into. And uh, so I, what I want to do next is I did have a mailbag on Twitter. And um, I do uh, thank you to everybody who sent questions. Like I'm always like, I'm always scared of like saying, hey, ask me some questions and then not getting any questions. And then it's like, oh, shit, nobody listens to your podcast. You know what I mean? And hey, maybe not everybody even listens to this. But let's start. Let's start with number one. Um, this one comes from and... It's come from bum on Twitter at underscore V V E S underscore and uh, big white socks and Raiders fan. Funny guy. Um, good follow on Twitter. He says, here's a question from the overreactionary people. Will Trent Brown's Instagram debacle ruin the team's chemistry. 
No, <laughs> but uh, it's crazy. I saw a lot of people reacting to that too. And I, I put that in the same, I put that in the same category as these training camp videos. So for those of you who don't know, those of you maybe who aren't on Instagram and, and, and stuff like that, Jordan Davy got absolutely destroyed by Maurice Hurst. And just one Instagram clip, the Raiders put it up, Raiders social media team put it up, and Maurice Hurst like went through him like a turnstile, um, knocked him to the ground. Now, to me, I saw that as like, man, Mo Hurst looks great. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about Jordan Davy. I, kn I know this offensive line's good, you know? They've shown it. Even Jordan Davy played, played okay last year. I mean, not, not great, but he had to fill in for Incognito um, and Gabe Jackson. I think they were both hurt at the beginning of last year. Now, Trent Brown went on Instagram and said, damn, this is what we're doing. I, I don't have the quote in front of me. I'm not going to pull it up. But he said, like, man, this is how we're doing our, our guys, huh? Like, showing people getting kind of embarrassed in camp and, like, showing them at their worst and, and letting people – have these hot takes to it. And, and I kind of, I kind of see what he's saying because it's like, I was, I, I was saying like, it's all these people reacting to a seven second clip from like a three hour practice. You know what I mean? And then you're making your decision on that. And, and Trent Brown also, you have to realize he's, he's sticking up for offensive linemen. You know what I mean? That's his unit. That's, that's maybe Jordan Davy is having a rough camp and Trent Brown was like, Hey, this ain't what he needs right now. Like, don't, don't put that up here. You know, the last thing he needs to see is log into Instagram and be like, damn, I'm getting worked by Mohurst, you know, but okay. One, I'm not calling Trent Brown soft. I saw some people saying that I'm not calling him soft Two, We need Trent Brown more than anything on this team. Need him. Absolutely need him. I don't want David Sharp, Brandon Parker. I don't want guys like that playing a lot, a lot. You know what I mean? It's bad enough to the time that Trent missed last year. We need him on this team. It's, it doesn't mean anything. I don't even think we're going to remember this. Like, I don't think we're going to remember this story. I don't think this is going to be bad chemistry. I don't think it's, it's going to mean anything. I think Trent Brown just saw it and was like, damn. So, um, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's going to, uh, that's going to happen. I, I don't think that it's going to ruin anything. I think it's, it's a lot of nothing. I think it's going to be like one of those things like, hey, remember like, you know, maybe Jordan Davy messes up or Jordan Davy. I, I keep saying his name wrong. Maybe he messes up and that's something we come back to. Like, yeah, he was getting worked in camp. Like that makes sense. Other than that, I don't really see it becoming a problem. So uh, next question. I'm going to go with, Oh, NM. Shout out NM. The only Angels fan I know. Uh, also, big Raider fan, of course. Um, shout out is he's at Popo31485. And uh, so he says, thoughts on the wide receiver battle. Who's going to start out? Oh, as much as I want to say Brian Edwards, as much as I want to say Brian Edwards is going to be a starter on this team, I, I think continuity is going to reign supreme these first four weeks of the season. Uh, I do think Tyrell Williams still locks down that spot, that outside receiver spot. Um, I think you're going to see Ruggs, Williams, and Renfro starting out, right? Maybe Ruggs moved around a little bit. Hopefully we see four or five wide receivers on the field at a time with Gruden. I hope he spreads the ball out. But yes, if we're talking a three wide receiver set um, or even a two, it'll be Williams and Ruggs, uh, Renfro in the slot when you want a three wide receiver set. Four wide receiver set, I expect to see Edwards on the field. Five wide receiver set, I expect to see Nelson Aguilar on the field. Um, that would be that would be my guess for it. Who knows, ultimately? Um, but yeah, as far as the top three, I, I, especially in a John Gruden team where he val values veterans um, in, a, in this position group where they do have two rookies starting, Ruggs will be on the field, obviously, but um, I, I think Williams is going to get a lot of reps early. 
So um, even though I think a lot of Raider fans are, are low on Williams, I'm not personally. Um, I don't like him as a number one, but I think right away he's going to be that number one threat on the outside. They'll get creative with rugs, and Renfro's is going to be that safety net for everyone's favorite quarterback that likes to check down, right? So next question. This comes from Raider Yeezus. Shout out Raider Yeezus. Um, and uh, he says, Josh Jacobs and Bowden Jr. are obvious. Who else makes the 53? Can we carry four running backs and a fullback? Yes, uh, I think you can carry four running backs and a fullback. Um, I do think... So I'm seeing a lot of like weird things, and I, I've talked about this a lot. It's one of my big concerns with this offense is Jacobs goes down. Who is that bell cow running back behind him? Gruden offense, he wants... I mean, if you look at Gruden's old offenses, he always had that one mainstay at running back, right? Warwick Dunn, Cadillac Williams, guys like that. Um, I think Michael Pittman, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so guys like that, that he could, you know, Mike Allstott, guys he could really put carries on. And uh, Bowden is not going to be that guy, even though, yes, obviously he's a lock to make the team. Bowden is not here to be a running back. I cannot stress that enough. He is here to be a wild card. He's the only one. If he's hurt, that position does not exist um, on this team, right? They will work around it. I I guess Booker, right? I guess Booker makes the team right now. I'm still waiting for them. I still think they're waiting on a cut. I was talking with somebody today, and I, I have this weird feeling. I was looking at other teams' backfields, and one that stood out to me was the Baltimore Ravens' backfield. Baltimore Ravens have J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, um, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards. I always like Gus Edwards. Thought he was a good power back, goal line guy. You know, what I mean, good power back. He could still, you know, run. You could still run the offense with him if when Ingram was out. I saw Edwards doing some nice things. Right. I'm thinking they're waiting for a guy like that to get cut to bring in. Um, I, I don't, I don't think Booker's meant to be that guy. Vic Tafer's hinted that Rod Smith still makes the team. So I, I honestly don't know. If you ask me to put money on it, I would say Jacobs, Bowden, Richard. And then that fourth one, I, I, I would say I would say they're waiting for someone to get cut, but I guess it's Devontae Booker. Vic says Vic Tafer saying Rod Smith. They like Rod Smith a lot, but I don't know. Uh, that one doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And yeah, Ingold's still gonna be there. I I, I as much as I like Alec Ingold, they relied on him way too much in short yardage situations. Um he's actually pretty good when you throw the ball to him. I always thought that was good when you do like old school West coast offense, fullback flat stuff. I actually thought he was pretty effective in that, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's the thing. I still think they're waiting on a cut and I want to be right about that. I hope I am. So let's go to the next one. Um, we are, somebody asked me where the memory bricks are located in the new stadium. No clue. Honestly, I'm not even going to pretend uh, to know that. So, um, the next one is from Josh Jacobs fan account at Raider stank season. Shout out to shout out to this guy. Another cool dude. Um, thoughts on Colton Miller and what the full returning offensive line brings to the table. Um, I love having the continuity, especially during this COVID off season of Rodney Hudson being there. Even Derek Carr being there, you know what I mean? As critical as I am of him, having your center and quarterback uh, duo stay the same is good. They have all their starters are back. I think that's a huge advantage. 
Continuity on the offensive line is so underrated in the NFL. Depth on the offensive line is super underrated in the NFL. I remember kind of wanting to make a move with Gabe Jackson, right? Like, what can we get for Gabe Jackson? Let's get this contract out of here. The contract, maybe he's not living up to it, even though I do think he's pretty good. I think that, I think that this, this offensive line is going to be an absolute advantage. I still think it's top 10 in the league. Um, even though some people try to say that with the Raiders getting rid of the ball so early, you don't know how good they are. Right. And Jacobs makes a lot of people miss. So you're not exactly sure how much the offensive line is doing for Jacobs. Whereas you, you think that Jacobs is doing something for the offensive line, making them look better. I'm so glad that this unit is returning to the end of, uh, to the Raiders. I'm glad they didn't get rid of Gabe Jackson. Like I said, even though it would have been, it's very tempting to shed that money. Um, can't do it anymore. Uh, can't shed Gabe Jackson's money. So he's here to stay. Um, you got John Simpson, young guy behind him. Incognito's old, but you know, he's man, if we can even get close to where he was last year, we're set. Um, Miller looks like he's taking that next step forward. I mean, I, I hope he is right. I hope that him kind of beating up on our defensive ends who, again, I wouldn't say is a strong unit, um, right now, but hopefully that's a sign of him. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm becoming more of a mauler. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm fast. I'm physical and I can get out in space, but I, I want to be able to sit there and, and, and protect number four in the pocket. And I, and I, I do think, um, I do expect that from him. Why, why can't we expect that from him? Right. I know he was a project pick, but like projects do now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Projects do. Assignments do. Turn it in. He should be developed by now. And uh big year for him. And uh I like I said, I I've said it on prior podcasts. I hope that we do take advantage of Colton Miller out in space because that's what he's best at is getting out in space. He's really good off the ball. When you, when you ask him to go get a linebacker in the second level, like right off the ball in a run play, he gets there quick. There's a thing of him just lighting up Thomas Davis um, from the Thursday night charger game from last year. Some all 22, I believe Brandon Thorne posted it and uh, really good. So I'm very excited about the offensive line this year. So let's go to the next question. Um, let's see. Um, okay. I am going to go with, I believe this guy was the first guy to ever listen to this podcast. Um, I, I, I do. I honestly, I honestly think he was, his name is Gus, Gus Gare, shout out, um, his question. And I thought this was an interesting one. Let's pull it up. Okay. Have you watched any hard knocks this season? Hate both teams agreed, but damn it. I miss football. It's been interesting to watch and listen to coaches and staff preparing for COVID riddled season thoughts on how prepared you think will be and how it'll impact our season. It's a good question. Um, no, honestly, like I'm going to guess right here. Um, you always hear Gruden and <laughs> it's funny. I, I Gruden in his press conferences, like I always thought Gruden was going to kind of like shy away from talking about it, but he's like super like, we got to pound this virus into the dirt, man. Like he's always doing that kind of thing. We got to, beat the shit out of this virus yeah run the ball 30 times against this virus and uh <laughs> like he's always doing stuff like that and uh i think they're doing a pretty good job i mean max crosby was on the covid list i mean it, it look there's player accountability right like it, it appears that the Raiders are drafting people that love football right and look i understand you can love football and still want to go hang out with your friends and stuff but it seems like a lot of guys are, are are staying within um you know just from stuff i see on instagram and stuff and again I, people don't post everything so you don't know where people what people are doing off the field 
but it does seem like these players are, are focused on football. And uh, that's a testament to what Mike Mayock has been looking for. He's been wanting high character, high football IQ guys. Um, he's been honestly putting that over athleticism sometimes. And uh, it's definitely coming into play. So I don't want to speak too soon. Um, again, like Crosby was on the COVID list for a while. Looks like he's, you know, he's ready to go. Didn't seem like he really wanted to talk about it at his press conferences. But um, yeah, like when I was watching that Chargers hard knocks, like it just seemed like everybody was kind of, I, I, to me, I just think football is going to be really sloppy the first four weeks. That's like what I looked at it. If you watch some of the drills that they're running, it's like, man, I know they're kind of a week behind, so I expect maybe this week to see pads on and stuff like that in the in hard knocks. But you're like, are we playing in two weeks? When you look at, when you look at like what what they're doing, it looks like they're just doing what, like April like mini camp type stuff, and you're kind of like, man, we're really gonna like play live football in two to three weeks. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's three weeks, but like, so I do expect a lot of sloppy stuff. Right. One thing I, I think is going to happen with the offense. I, I still think the Raiders defense might not be great right away. Or I mean, hopefully they're, you know, they might not be great at all, but I don't, I think right away there's going to be some struggles just with communication and stuff, because again, new linebackers, new, new secondary for the most part. Um, and on offense, the reason I see Tyrell Williams starting early over Brian Edwards is just like, I would imagine that Tyrell Williams has a better grasp on like the, you know, the lingo of the offense and just, and just knowing certain things. Uh, Gruden's offense is, is really complex. And um, I want to say it was Hunter Renfro that was uh, saying this in his press conference is that Gruden's offense, it's not about knowing what your job is. It's knowing what everyone's job is because you could flip a play, uh, move a play around, move guys around, and you're going to have to run the route that the other guy was running, you know? And I've always wondered that, like, how could a, such a short passing kind of like vanilla looking offense be so complicated? And that was actually a good answer by, by Renfro there. So I do think that when you have two rookie wide receivers, it might be tough at first and there might be some miscommunications. Um, there might be some kind of Derek Carr doing this after the play, like what the fuck are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Stuff like with the hand motions, um, people can't see if you're listening on audio, I'm doing the Derek Carr pointing at the wide receiver you got to run this instead of this type thing that we tend to laugh at and get frustrated at but I think that's going to be something that um like Carolina week one opponent um I think that's going to be that's going to be tougher on Carolina than it's going to be on the Raiders Carolina's got like turnover at every position it seems like all like a lot of new wide receivers, new quarterback, new coach, um, Keekly retiring stuff. So I do think the Raiders are going to have an advantage early, even though I do think some of the young players, I think we're gonna see a lot of sloppy football, a lot of penalties, a lot of injuries, um, and stuff and, and stuff early. And that's just not based on hard knocks. I think that's just something, a fair, a fair thing to say. So nonetheless, man, I'm, I'm so excited about football. Like it's, it's, it's something that, that I I'm like all year. I was like, are we, are we going to get football? Like I love baseball, huge baseball fan, huge A's fan. Shout out to the A's killing it right now. Loving these NBA playoffs. Just watch Luka Doncic hit a dagger against, uh, against, uh, the Clippers in overtime, like incredible. But I'm like, man, if we just get this full football season uninterrupted, I'm going to be so excited. Right. It's going it, to, you hate to have such a bad year, kind of tied into football right but look i think we're all lying to ourselves if we think it's not that big of a deal you know so it's uh it's interesting um it's, it's very interesting and i just want to uh 
just want to give a shout out to everybody who lives in the Bay Area right now. These fires are insane. So um, stay safe. Like it's it's bad. I mean, just even in here, you know, like even even where I'm at right now, there's like smoke coming in and stuff. It, it's it's really bad. Um, COVID, all that kind of stuff. It, it's tough. But, uh, you know, I think if we can get football back, maybe people will argue it's too much of a distraction, but I think we need a distraction, <laughs> you know, and uh, thanks again for everybody for listening. Um, not a terribly long episode today, but I should have a guest on next week and uh, and the week after. And um, yeah, I just, just wanted to uh, touch on a few things this week. Um, uh, really excited for the season to start. I, I keep forgetting I, I started it this year and and just the fact that we didn't have like anything to talk about in the off season. I was still managing to put out episodes, position group stuff. So now it's cool. Like I don't really have to scramble for content anymore. <laughs> you know, like now there's actually um, a season on the horizon. You know, I'm glad they didn't play preseason games, even though I obviously there's a lot of people like even on hard knocks, Austin Eckler made the chargers because of a preseason game, you know, and now he, what he's making money now sucks that he's going to be, you know, getting crushed by the Raiders, but you know, nonetheless, the, uh, I'm glad we didn't have preseason games. I don't want to, if we're going to get any football, I want it to be regular season football, <laughs> you know? So, uh, once again, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Rockney, G L E N R O C K N E Y. Um, I do have another podcast called rare candy, um, kind of a politics, social commentary podcast. Um, do have a new episode out right now. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, we can, uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, rare candy, YouTube channel, um, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Spotify, uh, rock Vegas. And, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, I've been getting a lot of new listeners. Uh, it's still crazy to me that people want to hear me actually talk about this stuff. Um, even though I think a lot of people subscribe for the guests, so, uh, don't get discouraged. I will have guests on whenever I can. Um, and, uh, yeah, just everybody stay safe. Everybody, everybody do what they got to do to, uh, to stay healthy and safe. And, uh, Let's go Raiders. All right, guys.